You're listening to the Biz Library Podcast, a weekly discussion of important topics that affect both HR and learning and development professionals. Biz Library is dedicated to creating the best and most complete online learning solution that both engages employees and drives business results. For more resources like this podcast, be sure to head over to our website where you'll find up-to-date ebooks, infographics, and other resources, as well as SHRM and HRCI-approved webinars focused on creating better workplaces through great human resource practices and employee development. Hello and welcome to the Biz Library Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Smith. And I'm Hannah Brenner. Today, we're joined by Roberta Matchison to talk about how to retain top talent. First of all, Roberta, we are so excited to have you here today. Thank you for taking the time out to join us. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, just so our, our listeners get a better idea of who we have the pleasure of talking with today, Roberta Matchison is the talent maximizer and president of Matchison Consulting, helping world-class organizations like General Motors, New Balance, and the Boston Beer Company achieve dramatic growth and market leadership through the maximization of talent. Roberta is the author of four books on talent, including The Magnetic Leader, How Irresistible Leaders Attract Employees, Customers and Profits, and the international best-selling book, Suddenly in Charge, Managing Up, Managing Down, Succeeding All Around. Her new book, Evergreen Talent, will be released in the spring of 2020. So she took a break from writing today to join us to talk about retaining top talent, which um, we were talking before the show, but retaining top talent is, is one of the biggest concerns on the minds of our C-level uh, executives and leaders. Um, why do you think that is? Are we failing to attract talent today, or, or we just have so much work to cover on that ground? Well, I think it's for a number of reasons. I mean, start with the current unemployment numbers, and we're at record low unemployment numbers across the United States. Um, and so, you know, we're basically at full employment. That's really what it's. That's really what's going on here. And so, if you think about it, if you're not able to keep the people you have, and you can't readily get new talent, it's not going to just you know, you're not going to put up a post saying I'm hiring and in a day or two have a group of candidates, um, then you really need to think about, you know, who are the people that I really want to keep and what do I need to do to ensure that they remain? Definitely. And I know in the past few years, we've seen a lot of gimmicky type things to keep employees you know um, employers are starting to have ping pong tables or offer snacks and all of these things thinking that it that's what's going to keep their people there Um, my guess is you have a different opinion (laughs) on that but um, share with us you know if you had to give your top three ways and then maybe we dive into them from there of what is going to keep people at your company? Well, I I want to go back to what you were saying, because, you know, something that I've been saying for a long time is that, you know, all the free beer in the world isn't going to make employees delusional enough to stay, (laughs) you know, with a company where there's poor leadership. And, you know, listen, you know, studies have shown this is nothing new that people, you know, they don't leave their companies, they leave their bosses. And so, which is why I wrote the book, The Magnetic Leader, because it really does come down to, you know, how do you develop and create leadership in your organization that creates that stickiness? Hmm. The, The point where people will stick around, even if you don't have these snacks that are making people fat, right? I mean, we see it all the time. 
Um, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn a lot and people are like, oh my gosh, I gained 10 pounds at my new job. <laughs> oh, but isn't it great? The company now has a workout facility. I mean, it's just crazy what's going on in companies. But you know, if you ask people what they really want at work, they really want autonomy. They want to be free to be able to do their jobs. And, and unfortunately, we have a lot of micromanagement that prevents that. Um, they want to do, they want to feel like they have a purpose. Why am I here? What's the greater good of what I'm doing? And you know, they want to feel like they're growing um, and they're being developed. So I'd love to tell you it's rocket science, but it's really not. Absolutely. Um, so the first one you mentioned uh, is is micromanaging and fighting that urge to micromanage. Um, when you go in and you're consulting with some of these these big companies, these well-known companies that you work with, um, what are some ways that you sort of help change that culture of micromanagement or that urge in some people to do that? Um, and what are some ways that you develop managers to help them become the kind of bosses people stay with? Well, you know, first I like to go in and do an assessment and kind of look at the organization. And I really, I only ask a few questions of people when I'm interviewing, you know, and the first question I ask uh, is, you know, what, are, what were your hopes and dreams when you came to this company? What did you hope would happen? And then, you know, is, it, is this still the case? Do you, have you been able to accomplish your dreams? Um, do you think you still will be able to accomplish them? And if not, why? And what, then that's where I hear, yeah, you know, I really hoped I'd be able to do X, but my boss, you know, insists on seeing, you know, every email that goes out, you know, redlines every single, you know, document that I give her, um, won't let me speak to a client without her being on the other line. I mean, and then it gets into this, I don't really feel like that was part of my dream. This has really become a nightmare. Yeah, and so I think this is something that a lot of people do deal with, and it's e easier, I would say, to talk to maybe an outside consultant and share that with them, but for employees who are dealing with this on the day-to-day, -day, what's your recommendation for them of how to approach that so that they can coach up to their manager or to their leaders so that they can start creating a better environment? Well, you know, first of all, you have to understand that, um, you know, sometimes you get what you get <laughs> and it's going to be really hard for you, the employee, to change the behavior of your boss. And I write about that in Suddenly in Charge, um, you know, half the books on managing up. So how do you manage those relationships? Uh, but sometimes, you know, you can get lucky and I've always said that people, you know, they do things based on emotion. And so if you can demonstrate to your boss that it's in his best interest to allow you to do what you need to do in a more independent way, you know, if you're able to let me complete this project and present it to you when I'm done, that'll free you up to make, uh, you know, to actually be able to attend your daughter's soccer game this weekend, you know, and then it's like, oh, yeah, I really would like that rather than, you know, some business-related thing that there's no emotional connection to. That's really interesting. Um, not to shift gears too much, but I, I do want to get into sort of this middle part that you mentioned, which is having some sort of cause or, or some sort of purpose for being there at the company. 
in some companies that can be easy to work with, maybe uh, you know some sort of nonprofit that you really believe in. What about a company who manufactures a piece of plastic that goes onto a four-wheeler? How do you how do you help those employees understand that yes, what they're doing does make a difference in the world still? What are some ways companies can deliver that message? Well, you have to help them connect the dots. So we're producing, we're manufacturing this piece of plastic that goes on a four-wheeler, but we're also um, allowing people that much needed time to enjoy their hobbies. And if we didn't do that and we didn't do that right, then that person would have this, you know, four-wheeler that they would not be able to use, you know, or they'd be frustrated, which is not at all our intention here, right? We want people to have leisure time and enjoy it. So yeah, sometimes it takes a little more thinking than if you're working for the food bank, which, you know, I think we can see what that purpose is much more clearly. Um, but there, there is a purpose for everything that we do. And, you know, even if you're working in the accounting department at the food bank, you know, your purpose is to make sure that the um, vendors are being paid so that the food comes in the door, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so in your mind, how often do we need to have those conversations and revisit that purpose? Because, you know, I've been at this company for over four years and I definitely felt that passion when I came in and we talk about our core values, but I don't know that I've had that conversation with anyone since I started working here. And so how do you keep that top of mind for employees without beating a dead horse and beating them over the head with their purpose on a daily basis? Well, I think it's just woven into the fabric. It's part of the culture. Um, You're always thinking, you know, if we went away tomorrow, would anyone notice? Would anyone care? What's the gap? What are you going to be leaving? If, if you guys didn't do what you did, if you, if you weren't passionate about, you know, educating your customers and the people listening, then, you know, if you went away tomorrow, who would notice? And my guess is a lot of people. So it's about conversations. It's not like you said, it's not once a year, you know, carrying the flag. Um, it's like ongoing conversations. So the last part that you talked about in this sort of mix um, is developing talent. Can you talk a little bit about what that role plays in in employee retention at all? Well, it's interesting that you would ask that today because um, this week I just finished a manuscript for Evergreen Talent, which is all about, you know, know, seeding, growing, and cultivating your workforce. And today, if you ask employees, you know, what is it that you really want to receive at work? You're not hearing so much, you know, more money. Um, Of course, everyone would like more money, but that's usually not the first answer. It's like, I would like an opportunity to be developed. Um, I would like to hear yes if if I come to my boss with a seminar that I'd like to attend. Um, I'd like to be reimbursed for a class that I want to take. It could be as simple as, would you reimburse me $19.99 for a book? You know, it doesn't have to be a full-blown, you know, 20-week management program somewhere. Yeah, and so for organizations who maybe don't have that culture yet of 
growing and developing employees, what would your recommendation be for them? Maybe first step. I know you mentioned something as simple as paying for books. What are other small steps they could take to begin to go that route? Well, um, there, there are actually a number of them. One is um, having um, an internal book club. So I know a lot of smaller organizations that don't have huge budgets, um, they have book clubs and the company will purchase, you know, for a book and the employees will meet um, over a brown bagged lunch. I'll let you in on another secret uh, that I think can be very helpful. When an author has a new book coming out, it's not uncommon um, that they are out there on the speaking circuit and so if you can make it worth their while to you know come in over a lunch and learn and when i say worth their while it might be as little as purchasing you know 50 or 100 books which is a heck of a lot less than you know a twenty thousand dollar speaker fee uh if you invite them in and you offer to purchase books they may come in and talk to your employees about a topic that's of you know top of mind today so those are some ways that you can get some high high visibility without spending a fortune as in terms of showing people that you are invested in their growth. I'm curious if you think that this trend that you've noticed that people now want training more than they want money perhaps, um, is it a generational thing? Um, is it something that companies are prepared for today? Um, you know, what's what's the status on that like? It's not really a generational thing because it's interesting, the mature workers today, you know, they want to keep their skills up to date. They know that they need to stay relevant. And so they're looking for development as well. So I don't really see it much as a generational thing. I think it's something that lots of people want. And, you know, the good news is it's easier today to do it than ever. I mean, you all have online courses. You, you're, you don't even have to put your employees up overnight at a hotel, you know, pay for a plane ticket. You know, it could be as simple as providing them access to, you know, um, online programs. So overall, you know, you gave us kind of three really great things of, you know, you need to have leadership that allows people autonomy. People need to understand their purpose and they need to feel like they're being developed. So an organization that's losing all of their top talent, you know, like you said, um, unemployment is super low. It's a very competitive market. So of those things, where do you begin? Where's that first step to begin combating all of your great people walking out the door? Well, I would look at the pattern because there is usually a pattern. And so there might be one or two particular leaders that are losing the most people. And um, that would be where I would start. And I would ask the question, why, why is that happening? Uh, something that I've done for one of my clients is I actually uh, went ahead and uh, reached out to people who had left the company. And the reasons why they told me that they left were very different than the reasons they told their employer. And so having that information and being able to roll it up and give it back to them gave them great insight as to what was really going on. Because if you think about it, and you know, I have a 19-year-old daughter and a 20-year-old son, and 
you know, they're going to be in the work world soon. And I would say to them, if they said, mom, you know, should I do an exit interview? I'd be like, no, <laughs> you do not want to tell them what you really think. Um, you need these people for references. And so what happens is, you know, on the way out, people are telling their employers what they want to hear because they know like nothing's really going to change. But when somebody hires me, the message is we really do want to change. And so when I come back with that information, um, it's like that, you know, gold, it's the gold and we can use that information to really start to make some changes. Yeah, I think another trend um, that we're also seeing is more and more companies are also doing stay interviews in addition to the exit interviews. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, the importance or the value of stay interviews and maybe who should be running those, how you're getting that information from your current employees. Um, well, it's interesting you should mention that because I did write about that in my book, Talent Magnetism. And um, I like to call it time out for a coffee campaign. Oh, I and, like that much better. <laughs> yes. Um, and if you're a tea lover, you can serve tea. It's not just restricted to coffee. Uh, and, and what I suggest is that um, managers like open up their office, you know, on a weekly basis for a time out for a coffee. Uh, go buy yourself like a $400 espresso machine and start making cappuccinos for everyone. It doesn't matter. Um, and, you know, invite them in and kind of talk in a more informal way. Um, what you don't want to do is have HR doing this because, again, people are just going to tell them what they want to hear. They're not going to say, well, I'm miserable here. So... I have been brought in to do stay interviews as well, just to kind of get, um, take a temperature read of the organization so that changes can be made before people start bolting. Wonderful. Um, unfortunately, we are running a little low on time. Um, I want to ask before we let you go, and we have a couple more questions for you, but first, is there anything in this whole talent retention mix that you think we should talk more about or, or you think that our audience absolutely needs to know or focus on? The leadership. People will stick around through thick and thin, you know, through maybe not getting salary increases this year because there was some blip in a product that didn't go as well. They will stick around if the leadership is really strong, if leaders are transparent, if they're authentic, if they um, are more concerned about their people than themselves. So if you can only focus on one thing, um, find out you know, who your great leaders are. Um, and I'm gonna tell you something that might surprise you. Those great leaders, they're the ones who should be given coaches, not the leaders who are eh, okay. Uh, we hope they could be you know, moderately good they need to be moved out. They're, they're not getting better anytime soon. So really consider like investing your resources um, where, you know, ability to raise the bar. Okay, well, thank you very much for sharing. Um, before we let you go, where can our listeners find you? What are, some, um, what are some ways they can get in touch with you if they need to? Well, they can um, reach out to me via email, uh, Roberta at Matchison, M-A-T-U-S-O-N, consulting.com. They can go onto my website, matchisonconsulting.com. 
Uh, they can follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, send me an invite. Just say you were listening to the podcast, and I'm happy to connect. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much. And again, Roberta's book, Evergreen Talent, will be released in the spring of 2020. Um, keep an eye out for that. I think I will. Um, we appreciate your time. You're sharing your expertise. Um, and best of luck to you. Thank you so much again for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this week's discussion with Roberta Matchison. Here are three takeaways from this week's interview. First, invest in leadership development and make sure your leadership grants autonomy. Second, give all your employees a purpose, a why behind why they do their job. And third, employees today want chances to grow and be developed. Show them that you care by investing in their development. This podcast is brought to you by Biz Library, your online learning partner. For more information, visit us online at www.bizlibrary.com resources. Every week, we like to spotlight one of the free resources Biz Library offers to help our listeners master the concepts and our key takeaways. This week, check out our free on-demand webinar called Gain and Retain Top Talent. You can find a link to this webinar in the show notes or on the Biz Library website on the resources page. If you'd like to appear on the Biz Library podcast or suggest a topic for discussion, visit us on Twitter at bizlibrary or email us at hannah at bizlibrary.com. Don't forget to click subscribe, leave a rating on iTunes, and share this episode with friends through social media. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Derek Smith. And I'm Hannah Brenner. See you next week.